Hey, all you warriors out there, welcome to Be a Warrior Podcast. I'm your host and above knee amputee, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the show. As you can see, I am not in the same location I usually am. If you are watching me on YouTube, that, my friends, is Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are here today on site, I'm actually staying in Vegas for a couple days with my husband as he's at a convention here. And um, just thought, well, I can't, I can't forget that there's a part two to last week's series on fear, so we got to get started on this. But I have to tell you, it's really fun, but very interesting to travel and try to do this with the setup because I'm the kind of person that takes way too much in my luggage, and I know that my husband would love to just get on and off a plane. He travels a lot, so he's really efficient. I am not. So needless to say, there's always a check bag with all the uh, information and stuff I need for doing stuff like this on the go. So you'll have to forgive me. It's not the most pristine and amazing setup, and I'm having to hold my microphone close to my face. My computer is teetering on the edge of a couch, and I'm trying to get it so that there's not a reflection and the lighting is correct. So I hope this works. You will see if you don't, if you watch my podcast, you'll see that I am actually made up because you got to look kind of nice here for work and never know who you'll run into when you're out and about. So this is not the normal person you see. I'm usually ball cap or cowboy hat or ponytail or something, but I'm actually dolled up today just for you people, just for you. All right, let's jump in. Last week, we were talking about facing fears and the fear of the unknown, which is huge no matter what you're going through in life. Just life in general is unknown from day to day or even hour to hour. But as an amputee, I speak from that perspective on this podcast. So that's the the avenue I'm going with right now. Um, as an amputee, obviously there's a ton of fears and like I said last week a lot of the unknown of what's it going to be like what happens after the surgery when I wake up how will I respond how will my family my friends respond will I be able to handle it will I be able to wear a socket things like that all those unknowns right the what if the what if the what ifs this week I want to talk about facing the fear of failure Okay, because now that you've gotten through as much as you can with the unknown, especially at the beginning of a major surgery like amputation, now you're through that. You're emotionally dealing with it. You, I hope, took some steps, like I said last week, to get better at letting go of what tomorrow may bring and just focus on the now and the good that happens in each moment. Because right now you're grasping, I know, for any positive that you can glimpse in a day, an hour, a minute sometimes. Um, Last night I was laying in bed and I had walked the entire strip and back because I had the whole day to myself. And 
it was 95, 96 degrees, which for us Arizonians, that wasn't bad at all. It was actually cool, except a lot of the escalators and elevators were either disgusting or um, not working. So it did a lot of stairs. And last night, by the time I got to bed, my leg was letting me know that I worked really hard and I had to just enjoy the moments when it was calmed down and not making a fuss. If you know what I'm talking about, those phantom pains and the sensations can be pretty brutal at night when it's dark and you're quiet and alone. So that was yesterday. Now, once you get past those, and like I said, I just had to focus on, and we talked about this last week, I just had to focus on what was going on good in a moment. And I was grasping for moments last night, and that's okay. You know, that's how it goes. Um, and if you don't learn to adapt to that, then that's going to be your main struggle and you're not going to be able to get um, out of the racing gate, so to speak, because all you're going to be doing is stuck in that parked location. And most of you will eventually get there. It takes time. I'm four and a half years out and I still have to work on my mental game because there are going to be days that chip away at you for other things that aren't related to your your physical well-being that are going to make dealing with those physical pains really hard. So that's a day-to-day practice. That's not a one and done. Oh, I'm over the unknown. No, you're never over the unknown. There are days where I was talking to a group of ladies the other day. There is days where you have to remember that even on the worst days, there will be a change and it'll get back to a calm. Once you understand that, you can take each horrible moment in stride knowing this too shall pass, this too shall pass. But until you've experienced those moments enough to realize, oh, it does pass every time. It just, it takes a couple days or, you know, hours or whatever. And so once I started realizing that, that was, that was the moment that I could start using that mental task to kind of help me get through the next few days of horrid. So you have to practice that and work on that. And then when you think you're out of the, um, the thick of it, uh, something else comes your way. So you're going to need to rely on the skill sets of embracing what's happening, embracing the suck, they say and understanding it doesn't last forever and it will get through it. There are a lot of people out there, I especially talk to a lot of women who have gone through amputation and by week two, they are so at wits and they do not think they can survive it. Week two, honey, you're still in the throes of all the ick and you have not matured enough with your new residual limb to explain to your body and your mind what's going on and it will pass. So you've got to really, uh, you got to stick your heels in and just dig in because you are going to be building character like nobody's business, especially the first, you know, I could say the first four weeks, 12 weeks, but I'm four and a half weeks out and there are days and there are weeks that I have to dig my heels in and really suck it up and understand that this is going to pass too. So that's that unknown we talked about. 
Now, fear of failure. Now that you're past, as much as you can be past, fearing the unknown, let's add on a new component, fear of failure. I am a high-strung individual with a lot of type A personalities and a perfectionist attitude. There has been a lot that I've had to learn to let go of, but it has also been those driving forces that have helped me become better at what I'm doing, and that's being an amputee and seeing it as not a disability, but a different ability for myself. And it has what thrusted me through doing all the things people are like, oh, you're doing that, that's awesome, you're a badass, whatever, you're a warrior. Yeah, that's true, because I've pushed myself and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I had to, especially right at the beginning, which was learning to walk with a prosthetic, I had to embrace failure. And I do not like failure. I can, cannot stress that enough. I do not like failure. I, I don't accept it with myself. But I also know as a teacher, and I taught middle school for many, many years, and then taught my own kids, that without failure, there is no growth. So you have to learn to embrace the fail and learn to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Yeah, put on your big girl pants and go. Because without failure, you don't know what works and what doesn't work. There is absolutely no satisfaction either that comes from picking up something new, like walking in a prosthetic and just doing it. Because without failing, you're not climbing any mountain. You're not overcoming anything. And so if you aren't failing, I would be shocked. So if you're failing right now, don't fret it. That is the natural path you must go on, no matter what you're facing. But in this case, in amputation, you are going to fail. You are going to stumble and you are literally and metaphorically going to fall. You just are. And it's okay. Embrace that and use that as a stepping stone to learning how to do it better, whatever it is you're doing. So for example, you're starting to learn to walk. You're going to find out that after not having a leg at the bottom of your residual limb, that that excess weight that you were holding on to, and a lot of us that have gone through years of surgery, it was pretty much dead weight anyways. You don't have that for, let's say, 12 weeks while you're healing your stitches. It's really kind of light and nice. And then you put a prosthetic on and it feels like someone added on not only your leg, but another 20 pounds because you are you lost all that muscle in 12 weeks, you lost a ton of muscle. Whether you believe it or not, just walking around your home with two legs, you're constantly working little tiny muscles within your legs to help you function. And you've taken that for granted. Well, those of us that have amputations do not because the moment we put on a prosthetic, we realize how valuable walking with two feet and two legs is to all of our muscle, musculature and whatever. So you're starting to walk. I will tell you <laughs> one of the stories that just makes me laugh still, but scared the crap out of me was I got my leg. It took a week before I got into PT because we were going on vacation. So when I came back to PT, I had used my leg how I thought I needed to, was bruised really bad. And my PT right away said, here's what you're doing wrong. He taught me a little trick. I worked on it in his uneven bars and with a bar holding on in 
his PT office, so it was safe. And then when I understood the mechanics of how the knee bends using my hip, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I get home and what do I want to do? I want to show my family that I have risen to the first challenge. I have figured out my knee, except I don't have uneven bars. <laughs> I don't have a parallel bar. I don't have any bar at all. So I was in my dining room and in Phoenix, we don't have like a lot of wood floors. We have a lot of tile cement underneath. And I remember holding onto the back of a dining room chair, um, tall back. So of course, if you put any weight on the back, it tips. Just keep that in mind. Because as I'm showing my family how if I twist my hips just the right way and I did it and they're all watching, my leg crumpled. It, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. I had the right hip movement, but I was not expecting it to just give. And while I was still learning balance, I went down so hard and so fast. It was frightening. Now I can look back on it and laugh because how stupid was I to try to do that without something really strong holding me up. So there you go. I learned something from that, but I also learned that the back of a dining room chair is not the most stable thing in the world to use when you're learning how to use your prosthetic. But I did. And then it became walking back and forth in that little bit of a hallway that we had and just working on excessive hip movement. I always think about speech class when your your teacher, your professor would always say, when you're giving a speech, speak louder than you think you are and slower than you think you are because then you'll probably be at the right volume and speed. Because if you're doing it like hyperspeed, it's even more fast for the people listening. So do excessive. Well, I felt the same way with learning how to use my prosthetic. You know, it's over accentuate the hip movement, over punctuate that, and then you'll have the right amount of oomph to get it to move. So there was a lot of that. <laughs> Another amazing story that to this day, if I go back to the PT's office, we laugh about it, is I wanted to learn to run because less or about a year, well, about three months, four months after getting my prosthetic and finally learning to walk I had signed up to do a 10K that January. So just just a, a year and like two weeks after amputation. So then not only did I have to learn how to use a regular prosthetic leg, I had learned to use a running blade. Totally two different beasts. So I got a running blade. And right away they're like, well, we should probably put you in a halter, like a, a harness from the ceiling with a kind of a running track with it. So you could just glide along and it would catch you if you fell. So that's fine. So you get this whole thing up in your groin and around your waist. And they're like, okay, well, that wasn't a big office at the time. Now they're in a really huge office. I wish I had this office now to run. And I could run from literally people sitting on chairs watching me in the waiting room, whether they were waiting for their appointment or waiting for someone at their appointment. So turn around and run straight back. And I was running right at a treadmill. And um, there's not a lot of room. Like once you finally start getting the momentum, you get four or five steps and all of a sudden you're at the running mill or the treadmill or you're at the guests. And there was one point in time when I started going and I had so much speed. The problem is, is once you got the speed, it was how do you stop? And I was at the treadmill and I literally visualize Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise 
falls through and lands in his harness like an inch from hitting the ground flat like that's what I did on the treadmill I saw the treadmill coming and everything went up and I was hovering right over the treadmill oh my gosh that was the most frightening thing but I'll tell you what I never laughed so hard and my laughter was completely out of fear so when I get nervous or anxious I will make jokes and I will laugh oh my god the laughter I think I actually snorted too it was the most embarrassing moment everyone there saw because there was no hiding me in a separate room it was for all to see huge bomb and I do not like failing at something I have to stress that 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 was so hard for me because it was a complete and epic fail uh, I guess it could have been worse I guess I could have totally biffed the treadmill I didn't touch the treadmill but I was over the treadmill thank God no one was on it that's all I have to say <laughs> so you got that and those are those moments where you have to release those fears because if you don't like I would never one have that amazing story that makes me laugh to this day and ties me with that group and and the the kids that were interning there I'm sure they took that story home to tell people um, but I also would not have learned to deal with uh, broken pride um, embarrassment and and falling right it taught me what it's gonna feel like if I do that and don't learn to control my leg on a slowdown or a stop can you imagine that without a harness on cement and yes I did do that to the point where I bought skateboarding wrist guards because inevitably if I let my mind wander on any jog outside in my neighborhood there would be some moment in time where my head would go to squirrel and I would forget to get my leg all the way through and I would collapse and of course what is everybody's first response when you're going forward is to break with your hands and I'm like the last thing I need is to have broken wrists and needing to use crutches to get to the bathroom in the middle of the night so there you learn right like I wouldn't know that until I've fallen a few times and picked myself up dusted myself off threw my pride away and get focused on getting better and all I can say to you is in those moments for someone who's a perfectionist and does not like to fail and does not like to see be seen not being able to do something um, it, it's it's inevitable you're you're gonna have to deal with it and all I can say is what helped me through was just remember you're doing this with something most people couldn't even walk in so I would try to prop myself up and it sounds bad but propping myself up with what some people with two good legs can't do or someone that's you know just starting out with an amputation even earlier than me because this was not even a year in and so I had to do that and I think I got that from my family because they would a lot of times say stop being so hard on yourself you're doing stuff that 95% of the population isn't even trying to do you know people that are working all the time people that hate running people that are couch potatoes and yet you're out there with missing you know more than half a leg with two joints gone and you're trying to run so embrace that and love yourself for where you're at and that was amazing support that I needed to hear and repeated to me so that I could then repeat that to myself when things got tough 
fear of failure is huge on my list. I do not want to fail something, but it is not big enough to stop me from trying. And that is key. I mean, above all else, that is key because fear is the one thing that will stop you from living your life the way you're meant to live it. And you deserve to live a big, full, healthy life. You should be happy even in the face of fear. And you know, I can still remember telling my husband on a daily basis for months, even over a year after surgery, that I, every day I wake up, there are fears. There's a fear that I will fall on my face in the middle of a parking lot at the grocery store or dump everything I'm holding because I trip or scuffing up my leg because I fall and I'm bleeding and everybody, I don't want the attention. I don't want people going, oh my God, are you okay? Let me, do you need to call? No, I don't want that. So every day I would fear those things. Every day I would choose to put on the running blade despite the fear that I knew I sucked at it and that inevitably I would fall because that was part of learning the running blade. And I know people say try it on grass. Um, there's not a ton of grass around us in Arizona and trying to find a park with grass means that everybody and their uncle and all their children are there watching. So I would start learning to do it on grass at night. Um, that was hard. Um, trying to see all the bumps and and sways and holes um, in grass at night is not safe. I'm just going to tell you that right now. There were a few falls, but more than anything, there was a lot of wonky running where I hip up a lot more just to clear anything that might come my way. So when I say you need to be careful because fear can rule you, and when it does rule you, fear of failure fear of trying something new because you will fail. Uh, usually it all comes back to failure. Facing these kind of fears tends to be, we don't do it. We don't want to fail. So we don't want to try something new. I think it was, I'm going to guess four weeks after my surgery, when I finally started getting out and trying to live somewhat normally, even though it hurt and I was on crutches, and I had to be careful of incisions busting open if I fell. And um, I will tell you, I've, I have years of experience on crutches from the 10 years, 10 surgeries beforehand. So, you know, maybe not, this isn't for everybody, but I was out. Someone introduced themselves and said that their husband was a coach for the sled hockey team. Had I ever heard of that? And I'm like, I've never heard of sled hockey. I mean, I had to literally Google search it and figure it out they invited me to come try it out because I like to try new things despite failure, which is weird, right? Like I want to try new things to see what I can do and push the envelope. Yet my fear of failure is epic. So, which means that if I'm going to go, I'm going to give it everything I got because I will not fail. That's the mentality in my head. I light a fire under myself. And if I'm intrigued with something enough, I will go for it and I will do everything in my possible power not to fail at it. So I went one day and I watched and I thought, oh my gosh, I on ice? Are you kidding me? I got one leg. I'm never going to be on ice again. The next week I decided to go 
it was the biggest challenge to get into a sled hockey sled up over the barrier and on the ice. But once I did that, and then I just tooled around a little bit to figure out what the blades were like, I fell in love. And then the next thing I know, that same practice, while I was just down on one end of the ice and the team was on the other end, they asked me to join them on um, a little um, free play. Um, I didn't know anything about hockey. I mean, I've watched hockey, but I don't know the rules of the backfield and all that stuff and who can go where and who can do what and icing and all that. But they said, you know, rules here, don't hit her. She still has her incisions, um, things like that. And I just worked on following the puck and getting up and down the ice without falling over or getting hit right now. And it was amazing. Had I ever played before or even seen sled hockey before? Never. Did I do amazing? I did pretty good considering I'd never been on one, but I had a lot to learn and I was so sore after that day. The upper body strength it takes to maneuver yourself is incredible. I give kudos to my teammates. But those are the moments and the people that I have met, and that was like four years ago, the people I've met are still friends of mine and still are trying to get me to come out, but I'm so overwhelmed and busy with things right now that I haven't been able to get back to the team in the last couple of years, but I would love to. Um, it's totally up my alley. I love being athletic. I love, you know, I had three big brothers. I know how to hold my own. And so that made me feel like I was back in my family environment, but I would not have those friendships I would not have that experience. I would not have that little bit of joy that that brought to me into my heart, which will always be there and will always be an amazing memory if I let fear of failure and fear of that unknown run my life. That you have to hear. If I am so afraid of failing that I won't put my leg on, I won't walk around my house, I won't go outside. I won't get in my car. I won't go to the grocery store. I am missing out on failing and learning how to, to adjust, or I'm missing out on life's experiences that I was meant to experience and to find the people out there that are looking for hope. You would be surprised, even if you are just new at where you're at in life, and you are struggling, and you're fearful, and you're afraid of change, you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of putting yourself out there, there is someone that is watching you and in complete and utter awe and has the utmost respect for what you're doing. Even when you stumble, and even if you're walking like slow as a turtle, it doesn't matter. I have found in every aspect of my life on a weekly, if not daily basis, someone that is willing to come up to me because I smile and I, I'm inviting and they come up to me and they say, that is amazing. Can I ask what happened? Um, how did you get that decorated? We love the look of your leg. I have had little kids go, I love how sparkly your leg is. And that opens up conversations. It educates and it allows us also to have someone fill our bucket 
because I don't know about you, but when someone comes up and says that's inspiring, I am re-inspired and I am more driven than ever before. So I might go to the gym and totally fail at something I'm trying. Like I tried jump rope in front of people the other day. Now I've jump roped at home, but I've never done it out in front of people. And I was so afraid I would trip and fall. And I didn't. And needless to say, someone came up and said, I cannot believe you can do that. And right then and there, it helps me stand up taller. It puts a smile on my face. And it says, you're doing the right thing. Because if I can inspire one person to do something more for their life where they're at, because everyone is struggling, remember that everyone is struggling, then you have brought hope, which then in turn brings hope to you. And right there, that's better than failing at anything. You will get past it and you will find something new to try and you will fail, but you will get back up because you're a warrior and you're going to try it again and you're going to try it again and you're going to try it again until you've got it more figured out than not. And you are going to find how far that's going to take you in life. And I trust me on this. I know there's a warrior in there. This is why I made this podcast. That is why I said, are you ready to unleash that warrior? Because I'm trying to help you understand that what is inside of you and the heart that you have been given and the fighting spirit that's in you is there. If you dig deep enough and you allow yourself to stumble and fall, you will find character building. You're going to find joy. You're going to find peace. You're going to find a love of life like never before. You know, people have asked me, would I go back and have the same outcome as I do right now, having missing a leg? And I would say yes, a hundred times over. I wouldn't change what I was doing with my sons with karate to avoid an injury. I would never turn away from a situation that I thought was going to help me fix my leg. And I would not regret doing again where I went to with this and saying it was time for amputation. This is the path that I have chosen to be on. This is a path that was chosen for me and I will embrace it for all of the fails and all the fears that I have to face on an everyday basis. And I will tell you, I may seem confident and I try to put on a great face, but when I walk out this hotel room today and I'm on my own without my husband by my side, I face that fear of being alone and screwing up in front of a ton of people that are walking through Caesar's Palace right now. Because here, people are drinking, gambling, smoking, and they're walking with their phones and their eyes in their phones. I'm dodging people. People aren't seeing me. And those that are, are staring. And I have to stand up tall and embrace the fact that I do look different. And if I fall, I'm falling with a hundred eyes on me and that's okay. One step at a time, breathe, slow things down and fight through it. And if you fail, you fail, do it again. Don't ever let failure stop you. Don't ever let falling down define you. Pick yourself back up, brush yourself off, Start again, learn from what 
made you fall that time? A lot of times it's, I wasn't paying attention or I got lazy. I mean, nine times out of 10, when I trip, I trip with my good leg, believe it or not, because it gets so tired of holding me up that it gets tired and I will stumble and trip with my good toes. I mean, I feel it. It's my foot. It's not my prosthetic leg that trips me. It's my good one. So it just, it happens. But just remember that you are a warrior. So the call to action should be pretty darn obvious today. If there is something that is making you fearful, something that's in your heart that you you really want to try, but you know you're going to fail at it, or you probably will suck at it, I want you to go for it. Figure it out. Go for it. And, And like I say, baby steps. When we hike... There are times I want to hike something extreme and my husband worries because if something were to happen to me, he's like, I'm the one that has to carry you out and I can't carry you out. Um, And I said, well, you know what? My philosophy has always been this. I can climb any mountain if I take it one step at a time. And I literally mean one step at a time. If I look at the top of the mountain and I look at all the boulders coming down from it, it's undaunting, right? You look at it and you're like, I can't do that. Well, no, not in one fell swoop, but look at right in front of you. Look at the step in front of you. Can you do that step? Okay. Can you do that next step? Okay. One step at a time. So whatever that task is at hand that you want to do or try, if you want to learn to surf, go for it. If you want to ski, go for it. If you want to run, do it. Figure out what you need. Sometimes you might need some external help. You may need a PT to guide you through the steps of learning to run. Um, You definitely need the right equipment. As an amputee, I needed a running blade, and then my prosthetist made me a surf leg. And this, in two weeks, I'm hoping to get back onto the the, um, um, surfs of Kauai with the new swell foot that um, was sent to me by, it was a student project that turned big, and my prosthetist put this new swell foot, um, surf foot, on my surf leg he made me, and I'm all ready to go. I cannot wait. So you'll probably see pictures eventually of me getting that going. But remember, one step at a time, find the one thing that you really want to try to see if you can do it. See if you can rise above, because I guarantee you, if you open up that can and realize you can do that, you're going to be going, okay, well, what else can I do then? Gosh, if I could do that, then maybe I can do this. And it will open up one thing after the next, after the next, and you will just keep climbing and you are going to keep reaching for things that you thought you would never get to do. And guess what? That gives you a new lease on life. And that, my friend, makes you a warrior. So, you know, this is how we end it. You're going to get out there. You're going to try new things. You're going to get over your fear of failure. Get over yourself. Live your life that you were meant to live. No matter what you're going through right now, this cannot define you. You decide what defines you. You are a warrior. So as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.